good afternoon, everyone. Oh, thank you so so polite. You know you're in the South whenever you get the old good afternoon. Hey, thank you so much uh, for for being here. Uh, my name is Philip Dees. I have the privilege of being married to Destiny Dees, who has uh, been preaching last night and again uh, today. And uh, I hope you've been enjoying it as much as I have. Uh, been enjoying it. Absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, hey, Destiny mentioned this just to give you just a quick introduction to me as people are kind of uh, coming in and getting settled. Uh, I am uh, currently a high performance executive coach. Um, I work with executive teams in some of the fastest growing companies within their industry in America. Uh, I work with executive teams, coach CEOs, business owners, um, helping them with their mindsets, tool sets, skill sets to really go to the next level. Of, of performance. Uh, basically, the way that I say it is I am an expert in human behavior. I'm an expert in human performance. And, uh, and so that's kind, of, that's kind of the lane. Now, I also obviously am uh, pastoring a church and have been doing that for almost uh, 10 years. Um, but, uh, but as you, my wife, she's a lawyer. The thing she doesn't tell you is that she also runs two other businesses apart from her, her own law practice that she runs. Uh, she speaks Mandarin Chinese fluently. Uh, and yeah, so I mean, she, she, she is far more incredible uh, than she, than she uh, leads on. Um, and, uh, and, and so for myself as well, we are not, uh, I think maybe so much, sometimes people think of like traditional pastors, right? Like that's what you do, right? Like you, you pastor a church. Uh, we are anything but traditional. Uh, so I have my own business. My wife has her, uh, her businesses. Uh, we pastor, we, um, we, we have uh, our own uh, orphanage as our children. Okay. Like we have, we have five kids. Uh, and so we are, we are very, very busy. Um, and we do a lot of different things. So we are very, very much um, not in that, that normal, normal uh, flow and normal role. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, today. But I want to give you just a quick little background. My background is as an athlete and a coach. Um, I played uh, high school football. I had the opportunity to break a couple national passing records. I was an All-American quarterback, signed with the University of North Carolina uh, back in 1996. Um, and uh, end, ended up rupturing a disc in my back, had back surgery, uh, which ended my playing career, but that kind of got me into my coaching career. I coached two years of college football at Louisiana Tech University, at Toledo University, and then I came back to my alma mater in Louisiana uh, as an assistant coach and then as a head coach um, and was uh, a part of uh, six state championship teams as a coach, four state championship teams as a player, so uh, 10 state championships in my career um, as, as an athlete. And so, uh, as we kind of go today, you you'll probably like pick up on that. Like you, you'll probably be like, man, this, this, this feels like more like a church, certainly not like a church. Like this feels more like a locker room. Okay. And that's because that's who I am. That's when I knew that I had arrived as a pastor. I had a former college athlete come to our church. And when he left, he saw me in the forward and he said, man, he said, I didn't feel like I came to church today. I feel like I was in the locker room before a game. And that's when I was like, heaven has come to earth. Like, I'm like, we have finally arrived. And, uh, and so today, that's what I really want to do. I want to take this little conference room and I really want to turn it into a locker room because here's the reason why. When we walk out these doors, you're going to go out there and you're going to play the most important game that, that you play. And that's the game of life. That's right. And what I want to do is I want to coach you. And I want to help you win at the game of life. And the game of life is a game of transition and change. And if you don't know how to transition well, then guess what? You're going to experience unnecessary disappointment and defeat in your life. But the better you get at change and transition, the faster you get at dealing with change and transition, then the more success you will find yourself having in life. And so today we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about thriving in your next season. Specifically, what are we talking about today? Specifically, we're talking about how do you thrive in the season after college, in the season after Chi Alpha? How do you thrive in this next season? But you can take this, this message today, you can take this coaching, and you can apply this into every single season of your life. I'm going to break it down specifically for you, but this applies in every season because life is nothing more than transition. Life is nothing more than change. 
You're going to go from college into a job. You're going to get married. You're going to have children. You're going to get promoted. You're going to move cities. One day you're going to die and transition out of this world. I mean, life is nothing but change and transition. And the better you get at that, guess what? The better your life gets. So we're going to talk about how do you do that? How do you thrive in the next season? Okay, so how many of you... How many of you have ever read like the back of uh, of like a product bottle? Like they have the warning on a product, or maybe the warning on like a kid's toy instruction manual, and you just read those things, and you just you were just confused, right? Like you 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 read on and it says like do not drink, and you're like it's glass cleaner, right? <laughs> you know, like you get your kid's Lego set and it says do not insert in your nose or ear, and you're like. Yeah, right? Do not, not for use at 12 and under, and you're like, this is a chainsaw, right? Like, I didn't think we had to put that on there. But, but then you, you have to ask yourself the question, right? And the question is, how did these warnings get here? And then you have the aha moment. Somebody tried to drink it. Somebody tried to snort it, right? Somebody gave their six-year-old the chainsaw. I was like, hey, can you go cut that tree down in the backyard? And it didn't turn out well. That's how those warnings get on there. And here's what I want you to know about this session and about this topic is that your leaders have asked me to share on this topic. This was not my idea. This was not my topic. Your leaders asked me to share on this topic, and here's what I can tell you. They would not have asked me to share on a topic if the people who were leaving Chi Alpha were going out there and just killing it. They wouldn't be asking me to share on this topic as a high-performance coach if everybody was graduating college, graduating Chi Alpha, and going out into the world and just thriving and flourishing, they would have picked another topic to talk about. But because they picked this topic, it lets me know that there are people who have left this thing and not done that well. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? That means just because I love Jesus. And just because God used me in my college years doesn't automatically trans translate into me thriving and flourishing in my next season. What else does this mean for us? It, it means that we can look at those who have come before us and we can see that they love Jesus. We can see that they were successful in Chi Alpha. And, and then we can see, wait a minute. They're not doing that well right now in their life. They're not flourishing. Now, listen, I'm not talking about they're going out there and like now they're atheists. I'm just talking about they're not living in abundance. I'm not talking about they're getting out there and they're like, oh, my God, like now I'm an agnostic or now like I'm a different. No, that's not what I'm talking. I'm just talking about they are living below their capacity. They are not living the life that Jesus died for them to have and Jesus promised them that they could have because in John 10, 10, Jesus made it very clear that he came so that we could have this abundant life, this life that is full and this life that is overflowing. So I'm not, I'm not talking about they're out there in some you know, new group or a new religion or they become either. No, I'm just talking about they are not flourishing. They are not living the life that God created them to live. And so therefore, we need to know, how do we transition? How do we move from this world into that space and continue to thrive and flourish? So here's my goal today. My goal today is to raise your awareness. My goal today is to create some areas of evaluation for you. And my goal is to help you with some new practices in your life. And now I, I hope that you're taking notes because we, we have a theology in Louisiana. I think it's theology everywhere, right? That the better notes you take, the bigger mansion you get in heaven, right? So, I mean, I think it's the same theology across the South. So I encourage you to take some notes today. And if you are taking notes, all right, I just want you to write this, what I just shared with you in a circle, because this is the growth cycle and you can apply it to anything in your life. So you want to start at the top with awareness, okay? You want to write awareness and you just want to write kind of like come around like a circle, like a little arrow, and then write evaluation and then kind of keep the circle going around and come back around and then you write practice and then keep the circle coming back to awareness. So it goes awareness, evaluation, 
practice. Awareness, evaluation, practice. And that's the way that your life goes. So what you want to do is you want to raise your level of awareness that when, you're aware, when your awareness goes up, now you have the chance to evaluate something that you didn't have an opportunity to evaluate before. So my goal today is to elevate a little bit of your awareness to give you some new things to evaluate for yourself. Evaluate your mindsets. Evaluate some of your habits and your behaviors. Evaluate your preparation. There's some things that we can evaluate. Out of that evaluation, now we can begin to practice something new. Now, when you start practicing something new, what you begin to be aware of is, wow, there's so much more awareness out there that I don't have. So I keep growing in my awareness. So if you take that growth cycle, that, that cycle that we're in, and you just keep on growing and expanding, that cycle should keep on going up and to the right because you're always becoming more aware, always evaluating something new, practicing something new, and that, that should be the process of your entire life. That's why it's called the growth cycle and it never stops. Now, if we want to like make it spiritual in this context, we can call this, 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 is, this is the discipleship cycle, right? This is what Jesus wants to do. Raise your awareness. Jesus creates evaluation. Jesus gives you new things to do. And that's how we become disciples of Jesus. So whether you want to call it the growth cycle or the discipleship cycle, it's all the same thing. It's what keeps us moving in the right direction. So today, I want us to be aware that transition is coming. Let's don't live in denial. Transition is coming. How many of you have already finished two years of college? Raise your hand. So you're in the last two years. Wow, look at that. Majority of the room. I mean, transition. How many of you are going to graduate this year? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Whoa, my God. Transition is like right around the corner. Let's don't live in denial. Let's not pretend. Transition is coming. But let's also raise our awareness. Not only is transition is coming, let's also raise some awareness that others have struggled in their transition. Others have done this and they, they're not doing as well right now. Or otherwise, Philip wouldn't be up here talking about it. Let's create some evaluation. Some evaluation on your expectation. This is where most things derail because we didn't have the right expectation and we walked into something that we weren't expecting. We walk into something we're not expecting. We freak out. And when we freak out, we, 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 either, we have three responses. We, we, we either fight, we flight, or we freeze. And none of those are going to help you move forward, right? And so we, we, we step into these things that we weren't expecting. And so we don't have the right expectation of this next season, whether we were in denial about it, whether we were trying to pretend like, oh, it's just going to be the same. It's just like Kai Alpha moved over here. And then you get there and you're like, oh, crap, that's not what this is. And like now I'm like free. Now I'm scared. I'm either running. Now I'm just frozen because I'm like, I don't know what to do in this world. Like, this is not the world that I'm used to, right? Or now I start fighting against moving forward. Now I'm fighting against myself and I'm fighting against all kinds of people and I'm having a reaction. And the only reason I'm having the reaction is because I didn't evaluate my expectation of what the next season was going to be. And now I'm losing in the next season. It has nothing to do with what I'm facing in the season. It has everything to do with I didn't have the right expectation when I showed up. And then once you understand the expectation, you roll it back a little bit a little bit further and you get to evaluate your preparation. Because if you do have an expectation of what it's going to be like, then you ask yourself, am I preparing for that expectation? Because if I'm not preparing for what's coming, I get beat. <laughs> I lose. That's the way it works in sports. If you're not preparing for your game, you, you get in the game and you lose. So if I'm not preparing for what is coming, I'm going to find myself not having the success that I want to have. So I'm trying to raise your level of awareness, create some evaluation for your expectation and, and your, your preparation in terms of your mindset, your habits. And then I, I, want to, I want to help maybe give you some things that you can start practicing now that you're going to need to get better at then. That's what practice does. We start practicing now for what we need in the future. And so that is my goal for us today. You know, the, the, answer, the answer to why many people struggle with transition, transi transition is actually found in the definition of the word. And I want us to look at this definition today. The definition of transition is this. It, it is the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. I want you to write that down. It's the process. Everybody say process. process. Okay, it is, it's the process, or, or we could say it is a period of time, right? It's the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. So you are about to transition. 
You are about to move from one state or condition as a college student, as, as a member of Chi Alpha on a college campus, you are about to transition from that. You are going to graduate and you are going to transition into whatever that next season looks like for you. But there is going to be a from and there is going to be a to. And here is the reason that many people struggle is people get more fixated on the from than they are focused on the to. The reason that people have trouble with transition is they get more fixated and focused on what they are walking away from than they do pay attention to and focus on what they are moving towards. I would say it to you this way. There is a greater obsession on what they are leaving behind than there is vision for what they are moving towards. This is why people have a challenge in transition is because there is a greater obsession with what they are leaving behind than there is vision for what they are moving towards. This is why you, you'll hear people talk about, I remember the good old days, right? I mean, the good old days. And then when you really start talking to them, you're like, man, that don't sound that good, right? Why is that? It's because they have attached to the from. They, they have more obsession about where they are coming from than they do vision for what they are moving towards. And so there is a temptation to say things like this. I'm leaving Chi Alpha. Well, if you are leaving Chi Alpha, your focus is, is in the past. It is what is behind. It is on the from. Instead, you could be saying this. I have been equipped by Chi Alpha to move forward and go change my world. See, it's a big difference. Where is your focus? If, if your focus is, oh my God, I have to leave Kaiba. Oh, let's go even deeper than that. I have to leave my position. I have to leave my place of influence. I have to leave that title behind because I'm not going to be a small group leader. I'm not going to be the worship leader every week anymore. I have to leave that behind. Oh my God, I'm leaving Chi Alpha. Then you're missing the point. You're not leaving Chi Alpha. Chi Alpha empowered and equipped you to live a life of victory for the rest of your life. But that just lets you know where your mindset is. Is my mindset in the from or is my mindset in the to? See, everyone in this room, I mean, I just, I believe this. Everybody in this room wants progress. I mean, if I just gave anybody, you know, uh, 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 multiple, you know, multiple choice, right? Do you, do, you, do you want progress or not, right? Do you want to move forward or not? Everybody's going to say, yeah, I, I want to move forward. Yeah, I want progress. But here's the thing I'll say about progress is there's only one way to progress, and that is through process. Well, look at the definition of transition, the process. Part of your process to get to the progress that you really want is this thing called transition. It's the way that you move forward. So you can't get to the progress you want without the process. So there's process to progress in transition. But I would tell you this, not only is there process to progress, there has got to be a posture for your process. There has got to be a posture. I, I like to call this the stance to advance, okay? Like, I mean, th this gets into my coaching. Like, everything starts in the stance. You can have, be the most talented person and player in the world, but if, 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 I take, if I take the best defensive lineman in the NFL today, Aaron Donald, and I put him up here, and I make him cross his legs and fold his arms and lean back on his heels, anybody right here on this front row could stand up here and knock him over. Just like, I mean, why? Because he's not in the right posture. He's not in the right stance. And boom, he just gets knocked right, right, right over. But I put Aaron Donald in a good stance, and there ain't nobody in this room that's going to have a chance. Because it's your posture or your stance that determines if you ultimately have a chance. The definition for that, that word stance, it's your mental and emotional position that you have adopted towards something. That's your stance. It's the mental and emotional position that you have adopted. 
Oh, which means that everybody in this room walked into this room today with a mental and emotional position that you have chosen to take as your own. See, nobody can force you to adopt a child. You have to make that choice. And nobody can force you to adopt a mental or emotional position. You made that choice. Your, your, your parents can influence it, but they can't force it on you. Your teacher, a coach, they influence it, but they can't force it on you. you. You have chosen the mental and emotional position that you have. And so what that is determining is the posture that you walk into this room with. You see, every single day, whenever you roll out of bed, you are rolling out of bed in a stance. And that stance is really determining whether you have a chance in that day or not. When you roll out of bed, you, you are in a mental and emotional position. You are in a posture. And there is a process to get to progress. This process is transition. But if you are not in the right stance, prepared to step into this process, into this transition period, then transition hits you, wham! And then you're like, man, what just happened to me? And five years go by, and you're like, man, the, the good old days of Chi Alpha. What, what happened to the last five years? What happened to the last 10 years? You talk to people my age, and now they're 44. And they're like, I don't know what happened to the last 25 years. Because they stepped into this thing called transition. They stepped into this process. And their posture, their stance wasn't what it needed to be. And what happened was they got completely ran over because they went into this next season without the right expectation and with no preparation. And all of a sudden, wham, they got hit and they got barreled over and they were never able to regain their stance or regain their posture. That's why I tell you, there is a process to progress. Everybody understands that. Transition is the process. What I'm here to tell you today is that if you don't have the right stance and the right posture as you enter into this transition, Listen, you don't have a chance to be fruitful. You don't have a chance to flourish. So you have to make up your mind right now. What is the stance that I'm going to go into this next season with? And we see this. Destiny even Destiny mentioned it uh, last night, right? Of the people coming out of Egypt, right? The the God's people. They've been they've been in, enslaved for 400 years. They're coming out of Egypt. They're going into the promised land. Destiny said, right, they send 12 spies in, right? They, they, they answer the, the wrong question, right? They get all confused. They say, we cannot do it. Why? Because they were focused more on the front than they were the two. They said, man, back in Egypt, whew, man, we had good food back in Egypt. <clears throat> you were slaves in Egypt. Oh, man, but those leeks and those onions, I mean, first of all, I'm like, leeks, come on, man, we can do better than that. I don't even know what that is. I'm like, come on, man. like there's Chick-fil-A in the promised land or something, right? Like, I mean, we can do better than leeks and onions. But there was an obsession with where they were from. It was safer. It was more certain than what they were moving towards. See, even the Apostle Paul speaks to this in Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul, he was a leader in the early church, and this is what he, he writes in verse 12. He says, not that I have already obtained all of this, and he, he's talking about uh, uh, really be, like be, being one with Jesus, and he's like saying, I, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not all the way there yet. I, I'm, not whoever, I'm not everything that I want to be. I've not already arrived at my goal, he says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider my yet, myself to yet have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Everybody say behind. behind. And straining towards what is ahead. Say ahead. ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul's giving us a game plan here. He's giving us a game plan for life. He's giving you a game plan for your transition. He's letting you know this is how you should handle the transitions of your life. 
Forgetting what is in your past. So many times when we read this, we say, well, I mean, I'm forgetting what is my life. I'm forgetting my, my, my life of sin. I'm forgetting my, you know, my pre-Christian life. Like I'm walking away from all of that. No, no, no. That's not what Paul says. He didn't say, hey, just forget the sin. He says, you got to forget everything, even the successes. You, you got to forget even the good days. You, you got to forget everything in your past. Why? He says you got to forget what is behind you so that you can do what? Strain towards what is in your future. He says, and then you've got to press on to the goal to win. You see, so, so many people, they don't have a goal or even a picture in their mind for what it looks like to win in the future. Let me tell you, it's really hard to strain towards something that you cannot see. It's really hard to strain towards something that you cannot see. So, so, so here, here's, here's our problem as humans, right? Because we are human. We might love Jesus and we might be changed by it, but we are all still human. Here, here's our problem as humans. Our human brain looks back easier than it does look forward. And our mind remembers what did happen in the past more efficiently than it envisions what can happen in the future. And this is how people get stuck in change and transition because their past is so much clearer and what is clear is typically bigger and what is clear is typically better. So people get stuck because our mind lives in the past. Why? Because it's already happened. It's real. I can see it. I was there. So my mind goes back far easier than it goes forward. So, so I remember what did happen way easier than I can envision what can happen. So in, in my mind, it is so easy for me to get stuck in this thing called transition. I get stuck in transition because my past is so much bigger and my past is so much better. And that's why people say the good old days, because it is so much easier for me to look back at what was than it is to envision what can and even will be in the future. Watch this. So now I'm not forgetting what is behind. I'm actually longing for what is behind. Because I'm human. So if I'm not actively forgetting what is behind, I'm longing for what is behind. And if I am longing for what is behind, that means I'm not straining for what is ahead. Because I cannot be longing for what is back there and straining ahead at the same time. If I am doing that, then I am divided. There is division within me, meaning that I am split. I am reaching here and I am reaching there. And I cannot do either one of those successfully. So if I am longing for what is behind me, I cannot be straining for what is ahead. Listen, and if I, and if I am not straining for what is ahead, it means I am not making the decisions that I need to make today to live the life that God created before in the future. Well, it's real simple. I mean, we make it real complicated, but it's real simple. I, I can't be longing for the good old days of college. I can't be longing for the good old days when I was a small group leader. I can't be longing for the good old days whenever I was the campus leader. I can't be longing for the good old days when I had authority and I had influence and I and, and I, I had the I can't be longing for those days and reaching confidently and faithfully into the future for what I can't be doing both. So Paul gives us the game plan. And he says here's what you got to do. You got to forget whatever is behind you. Why? So that you can strain for what's ahead. So that you will make the decisions that you have to make today in order to live the life that God created you for in the future. That's not the only place that Paul talks about this. You can go find so many places. But here's another one, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one gets the prize? So run to win. Everybody say win. So this is what he says, so run to win. So I run, this is what Paul says. He says, so I run with purpose in every step. Purpose in every step. Do you know what that means? If I am running with purpose in every step, that means I am running with extreme intentionality. 
It means every step I am taking, I am taking it intentionally. And why am I running with purpose in every step? And why am I running with extreme intentionality? It is because I believe that what is out there is better than what is back there. Because if I did not believe that, I just need to quit right now and daydream about how good it used to be. But Paul said that is a lie from the enemy. And he said you need to strain for what is ahead because you move from glory to glory to glory. And the best really is yet to come. And so Paul says I am moving with purpose in every step because I am convinced that what is in front of me is better than what is behind me. So it means that every day. I have to be making choices that need to be made in order for me to do what? In order for me to win tomorrow. And longing for what is behind me is not helping me make those decisions. All right, if you have been, if you have been daydreaming and not into it, this is the time for you. You elbow your neighbor right now saying, okay, this is for you. This is for you. Just elbow your neighbor and say, listen, you, you might not have been paying attention. This is your moment. This is your moment to re-engage. Listen, there, there is one thing, there is one thing that you do not need to do. You do not need to overcomplicate life. Listen, listen, the, the issues of life can already be overwhelming enough. The issues of the world can already be, over, they can be overwhelming. The one thing you don't need to do is you don't need to be overcomplicating life. I love what John Maxwell says. He says that life is a matter of choices and every choice you make makes you. Well said, Bishop John. <laughs> life is a matter of choices and every choice you make makes you. So whenever we take life and we boil it down to the Somebody in mathematics, is it the lowest common denominator or something yep. like that, right? Okay, okay, right? All right, okay. I was a communication major. Least common, least common. The least common denominator. See, I got the, the students on the front row helping me out. The least common denominator, right? Least common denominator. Did I say it right? Okay, all right. I, I, was, a, I, was, a, uh, I was a speech major, okay? We didn't, we didn't get into too much math. And so when I boil it down, listen, when you boil life down to its least common denominator, here's what you get. It's very simple. This is the formula for life. Decision, direction, destination. This is what life is. You make a decision. That decision, you make a decision every day. You make decisions. That decision sends your life in a direction. That direction will end in a destination, in a result or an outcome. Don't overcomplicate life. This is just the way it works. There is a decision. That decision creates a direction, and that direction will end in a destination. Now, sometimes the, 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 uh, the frequency can be is, is all different, right? Sometimes you make a decision, and that destination can happen within 24 hours, or sometimes you make a decision, and you don't see that destination for a year. You, you, you don't know how long sometimes it's going to take in between there, but this is the way life works. Decision, direction, and destination. Now, Kirby Smart, the head coach at the University of Georgia. Anybody from Georgia in the room? Come on. Going to be playing for the national championship next week. This is what Kirby Smart said. He was talking to the, the business school at the University of Georgia, and he says there is only one path to success, making the right decisions. There's only one path. See, there's, you think there's a lot of paths? No, no, no. There's only one path. There's only one path to success. And it's making right decisions. And for the people who are like really spiritual in the room, they're like, but Philip, I'm not here for success. This isn't a business seminar. Success is simply defined as this, the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. And by God, I hope you have an aim and I hope you have a purpose. And success is just you accomplishing that aim and purpose that you have. Amen. So I hope you want success because I hope you want to reach the aim and the purpose that you have. I really do. So he says there's only one way to success. There's only one path to success, and that is making the right decisions. If you want a great marriage, there's only one path to success, the right decisions. 
If you want to start, grow, have a successful business, there's only one, there's only one path. It's making right decisions. You want to live the abundant life, the life that God created, there's, there's only one path. And it's making the decisions that you need to make today that will allow you to live the life that you really want to live and were created to live in the future. But, but here's the problem. We'll put, 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 go back to the decisions that direct. But here's the problem. Is that our decisions are coming from somewhere, right? They're coming from somewhere. We're, we're making decisions every day but those decisions that we are making, they are coming from somewhere. And the decisions that we are making are coming from the vision that you have for your future. That vision is a mental image of what your future will or could be like. And so, yeah, go ahead and throw the next one up there. Because the vision sits above your, above your decision. And if you do not have a crystal clear and compelling vision of what you want your future to look like, I'm not saying you got to have it all figured out. Or I'm going to go to dental school and I'll be a dentist by the time I'm 27 and I'll be opening my own practice practice by 32 and I'll be retired by the time I'm 48 and I'm going to have this many kids. That's not what I'm talking about. You need to know who do I want to be. I'm not asking what your career was. I'm asking who you got to have a clear and compelling vision for the type of person that you want to be in the future. And when you have a compelling vision of this is who I will be in five years and this is who I will be in 10 years and this is who I want to be as a dad and this is who I want to be as a mom and this is who I want to be as a spouse and this is who I want to be as a Jesus follower and this is who I want to be as an agent of change and this is who I want to be as a leader and this is who I want to be as an influencer. And this is who I want to be. And I get a compelling vision for my future. That compelling vision is so much better than anything that is behind me. And when I have that compelling vision, now what am I doing? I'm making decisions based off of what I said I wanted in my future. And those decisions that I'm making are sending my life in a direction. And then I end up at a destination. I end up becoming what I set out to be. And then people look at that and say, well, I mean, you know, he, he came from this family or he got this or he got lucky or whatever. No, 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 that, no none of that. that. None of that happened. It was that a fact that there was a clear and compelling vision that gave my, gave my decisions a direction. And those directions ended up in a destination. Don't overcomplicate it. It's, it's literally that simple. And if you don't like the direction your life is going in, guess what? All you got to do is make a different decision. But before you can make a different decision, you got to get a different vision. You got to see what can and will be possible in your future. That's what the Apostle Paul had. He had a compelling vision for his future. Now think, but think about this. How much good stuff had Paul done in his past? I mean, this dude had planted churches. This guy, I mean, this guy was killing it. And his advice to us is you got to forget everything in the past if you want something better in your future. You got to have such an amazing picture of your future that you were willing to walk away from any good old day, from any Chi Alpha day, from any college day, because what is out there is so much more glorious and fruitful and impactful than anything you had back there that you will sell all of that in order to get that. That's the way the Apostle Paul lived. And he's showing us that this is the way that we can live as well. And see, once I commit to this overall vision of what can be, what I really want my life to be like, then, then here's, the, here's the honest truth. My daily decisions really begin to get very narrow. My decisions get really limited. The clearer my vision gets for my future, the more limited my decisions get today. Let's, let's take, for, for example, let, let, let's just re look real quick as, as we kind of bring it to a close. When, whenever, you, whenever you look out there in your future for, like, what do you want your spiritual life to look like? You have to ask yourself, like, what, what do you want? I mean, if you just want to go to heaven, like, that's my spiritual aim. And for, like, I just want, I mean, like, I just want to squeak into heaven. Like, I want to do the leap. Like, I want to have the most fun I can on earth. But I just want to, like, squeeze into heaven. If that's your aim... 
Or you'd be like, I mean, I, I want to be good. Like, I want more good days than bad days. But, like, I'm not willing to give everything to God. Because there's some things that I really like. And I'm not willing to give that up. But, like, I want more good than I have bad. And I just want to be, like, average. I just want to do good, right? Like, not great, just good. Or you say, man, I want the abundant life. I want my life to be so full and overflow. I want to surrender every part of me so that I can live the life that God created me to live. Now, listen, if you got the person just wanting to make it to heaven, you got the person that, that just, just wants to be just kind of like, you know, good enough, good life, more good days than bad days, and you take the person that wants the abundant life, all three of those people, they have a different vision for what they want in the future, which means what? They're making different decisions on a daily basis. So you have to decide who you want to be in the story. Do you want to just make it to heaven? Do you want to have like a good life and a you know a decent reputation, like doing more good than bad? Or do you want everything that God has? And if you don't have a vision for that, then listen, the decisions that you're making are not going to take you to ultimately where you want to go if you don't know where you where it is that you want to go. I love what, what anybody from Alabama in the room, anybody? Alabama, come on. All right. Hey, Coach Nick Saban said this. You're like, man, this guy's quoting more coaches than he is Bible scholars. Exactly. I told you I was a football player. All right. If you, if you want to be great, you really don't have a lot of choices because success takes what it takes. <laughs> you want a great marriage, you don't really have a lot of choices because success takes what it takes. You want to live the abundant life, you don't have a lot of choices. Because success, remember, that's just our, the accomplishment of the aim or purpose. You want the abundant life. Success, it takes what, the abundant life, it takes what it takes. You'll have a lot of choices. You'll get to do it your way and have the abundant life. You don't get to do it your way and have a great marriage. It takes what it takes. And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, listen, you go back and read it, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And listen, when you read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew, Matthew 5 through 7, here's what you'll get. Jesus is, is just eliminating choices for us based on the vision to be a disciple. He says, if you want to follow me, there's really not that many choices. You got to turn the other cheek. You got to forgive those who wrong you. There's really not a lot, there's really not a lot of choices. You don't really have an opinion. You don't, you don't really have a lot of choices. Just as if you want to live the way that I created you to live, here's what you got to do. The, the Sermon on the Mount is just Jesus eliminating choices and saying, if you want this life, this is what you got to do. This is the way you have to live if you want these results. So post Chi Alpha, right? I mean, we could talk about, okay, what does that transition look like? I mean, I could say, okay, commit to reading your Bible, right? Everybody's like, no crap, right? I mean, you know, you should have a time of prayer, right? Grow, grow, you know, commit to growing in your faith journey. You know, I mean, those are things that everybody tells you, like find a good church, right? Like join a small group, join a serve team. Like, yeah, right, right. Oh, but here's the thing, we got to go a little bit deeper than that. You got to realize that you just spent a whole lot of time with people who believed and lived just like you, and that's about to look a whole lot different. And if you're not expecting that, then you're in for a rude awakening. You got to realize that there's not anybody going to be consistently checking on you and making sure that you're attending stuff like this. Those people in the those people in your marketing firm, they don't care that you are a small group leader in Chi Alpha. The people, you know, wherever you go work, you go to work at FedEx, you don't get a bonus because you were on the worship team at Chi Alpha. They're not going to be checking on you. How's your spiritual life? Did you do your devotion? Oh, make sure you sign up for salt because it's going to be awesome, right? And there's nobody checking on. And if you have this expectation that there's going to be people following up with you to get you to do what you really want to do, but you don't really have the discipline to do it, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. If you don't realize that if you want accountability, guess what? You got to go get it. You got to realize that things are going to change, but the opportunity for transformation and impact is greater than ever before. Listen, this is really just one more step along your journey. I mean, like right now, this is like a really big deal, right? I get this. I'm, I'm not minimizing it. This is like a really big deal. You are stepping away 
from four years in, in, in one incubator, in one environment, and you're stepping out of that. And listen, I get that that, that, that is scary and is intimidating. I, I get all that. I'm not minimizing it, it, that as well. But this is just one more step in this thing called life, and life is nothing but transition and change. So you just have one more opportunity to practice getting good at this thing called change and transition. They're going to keep coming at you. And if you continually focus on what was instead of focusing on what can or will be, listen, your life is going to be miserable. Listen, I've counseled too many people, right? I got married. I mean, I used to just have all this time by myself and I just, I, I could pray whenever I wanted to pray. And now they want to watch the office every night. On that, you know, like I used to have all this time. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we'll see it changes. I mean, me, me and my husband, we used to just be able, we went to all these conferences and then we had kids and now I can't go anymore. We don't, we have, you know, this is worship night. I can't go to worship night because I got to put my kids to bed. And now I'm just so spiritually dry. Yes, it's called parenting. <laughs> And we, we laugh because it's funny, but it's not funny when you're in it. <laughs> it's transition and change. And we have to know how to be good at it because it's not stopping right now. This is, this is a transition into more transitions. But as, as, as we wrap today, I want, I want to say this to you. If, if the best years of your life are in college, then you're doing life wrong. It, listen, if the most fruitful, impactful years of your life are in Chi Alpha, hear me, you are doing life wrong. Because this should just be the beginning. This should just be one step into the greater you and the greater purpose that God has for your life. You should look back at Kyle and say, I'm so grateful. They equipped me. They encouraged me. They empowered me. They gave me the tools. They gave me opportunity to grow in leadership. They taught me valuable lessons. They gave me a great model. You should look back and be so grateful for what Kyle Alpha did because you are doing more out there than you ever did back there. But if you ever get out here and you look back there and you say, man, wasn't it good back there? Then your vision of what is in your future is not good enough. Because the role of Calvary is to prepare you for what God has for you in your future. It's normal. And listen, it's normal to want to look back. It's normal to want to stay with what we know. But I have news for you. God didn't call you to be normal. <laughs> right? It's normal for that, right? It's, it's our human tendency. But listen, that, that's why God says in, in, in Romans chapter 2, the Apostle Paul writes, and he says, listen, you know, do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind because you've got to change your mind and you've got to change the way that you think. You got to change the way that you think about your future, change the way you think about your past, change the way you think about your present, change the way you think about what's possible. Because if you just leave it up to your humanity, your humanity is going to always suck you back to what was. It's always going to pull you back to what you are walking away from. And when you are focused on what you, what you are walking away from, you are scared to death to move out there because you say, I don't know what's out there, but I do know what was back there and it was good and it was comfortable. And I start focusing on the from and then I start longing for what is back there and then that means I'm not striving for what is out there and I'm not straining to what is ahead which means I'm not making the right decisions that I need to make today that are putting my life in the direction that it needs to go so that I can end in the destination of the abundance and impact and influence that God has for me in my future. Last thing I'm going to throw up on the slide for you is how to thrive in the next season. Just write this down and we're, we're done. I'm, I'm out of time and we'll We'll pray. And if anybody in the room, if you want more stuff, you follow me on social media. I'm doing this stuff all the time on social media. So it's just my name, Philip Dees. I'm on all social media. But here, if you want to thrive in the next season, here's what you got to do. You got to see it. You got to say it. And then you got to seize it. 
You got to see it first. Listen, you got to see the future. You got to see the potential. You got to see what's possible. You have to envision what is out there in front of you. You've got to visualize. Listen, this is why athletes do it the night before a game. They sit back and they visualize the game. They play the game from front to forward. It works, but it doesn't just work for athletes. It works for life. You need to envision this next season. You need to envision yourself walking into that job. You need to envision yourself leaving this town and moving to that town. You need to envision. You need to play this out in your mind and you need to build the expectation for what it's like. You got to visualize it, but don't stop it. Just see it. Now you got to start saying it. You got to start saying what it's going to be. And you got to start saying this next season of the life, my life is going to be the most fruitful season of my life. I have been prepared by Chi Alpha to do amazing things in the future. You got to start declaring what you want to see in the future so you can actually walk into what you said. You, you've got to see it in your mind first. Then you got to say it so you can actually see it in the future, like actually coming to pass. And then the last thing is you got to seize it. You got to take action. You got to take action. Don't wait. And don't just sit back and hope it works out. Because I've got this strange feeling that so many people leave Kalpa and they just hope that it's going to work out for them. Because I love Jesus, because I've been called by God, because his hand is on my life, because 47 people have prophesied over me and laid hands on me and gave me words. I'm just hoping now that it's going to work out. No, no, no. Don't hope that it works out. Get to work. <laughs> get, get to work. And guess what? When you get to work, it does work out. And don't wait for somebody to come along and give you permission to be who God called you to be. Don't wait for your boss to give you permission. Don't wait for anybody to give you permission. You step into this next season and you say, I've already seen it. I've been speaking it and I've been saying it and I've been declaring it. And now it's my opportunity to seize it, to take action on it and actually begin to be the fruitful person that God created me to be so that I can live the abundant life Jesus died for me to have. Time is up. I'm going to pray for you. I want you to, uh, hey, listen, if, 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 man, if this is in your lane, if this is speaking to you, I'm very active on social media. Please feel free. Reach out to me. I'll answer any question I have. Uh, you have me, me and my wife, both of us. We are incredibly personal. I'm not here just to be a speaker. I'm here to help you and, and equip you and assist you in any way that I can because everyone in this room is the most important person in this room. And if I can help you along your pathway, I want to do everything I can to help you become everything that God created you to be. And I hope that some of these tools right here just say, man, wow, okay, now I see. When, it, when I get to this transition, this is what it's going to look like. And these are some things that I can do. I'd be happy to answer any more questions that you might have about this after. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these amazing students. God, I pray uh, as they, as many of them, God, many of them, they're raising their hand, they'll be transitioning soon. Many of them transitioning in the next couple years. God, as they transition, Father, I, I, I pray that they would be more focused on the two than they are the from. That they would have a greater vision for their future than they do obsession for their past. God, that they would be people of faith that they would walk forward knowing, God, that you, you have your best in store for them in their future. And their best days are not behind them. Their best days are in front of them. And God, I pray that they would do everything that they can, straining into that future, seeing that goal, God, so that they might win this race, that they might win this game of life, so that, God, your kingdom would advance and your will will be done on this earth for your glory and for your purpose. And we thank you for it in Jesus name and everybody in the room said amen, amen. God bless you thank you guys so much for being here